struggling hunters out there to another episode here with the struggling hunters um <laughs> episode 64 uh welcome thank you for uh, listening tuning in um take some time out of your day to to listen to what we have to say um hopefully hopefully we can keep your interest to you know get a little bit towards the end of our podcast um but anyways uh we got we're, we got a little bit a little bit planned for you tonight we'll talk a little bit about bows and then i want to talk a little bit about my uh weekend scouting this last weekend had some interesting things hunting happen not hunting happened to me this weekend that were i never i didn't think were i guess I've never been in the elk woods and had it happen to me anyways so uh, stay tuned for that but before before we reach to that we're going to jump into uh dive into what eric's been learning about and uh maybe i don't know if he has some tricks some words of wisdom but he's he's prepared for something for us so i'll with that i'll go ahead and turn it over to eric yeah thanks joe uh yeah i just wanted to kind of go so i you know with me getting into archery and if this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast i just got into it this year uh, somewhere around February, I can't remember exactly, but I bought my first bow and it's kind of taken hold of my life to where I'm just, I'm obsessed with this stuff. I'm thinking about it all the time. Um, uh, I don't even know if I told you, Joe, but I got, I got on Amazon a couple weekends ago and bought inserts, bought some, uh, lighted knocks. What else? <laughs> I filled t- Oh, I think I did tell you actually, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, bought filled tips, bought, uh, a couple Christmas, what's Christmas that? came in June. Christmas, yeah, came yeah, in June. yeah. Chris, I, I gave, I, I spoiled myself, <laughs> and, and, and I bought some, um, I bought some, uh, broadheads too. And, um, so I've been getting into it and I've been, you know, mostly like YouTube research and stuff. That's always more appealing to me. You know, I try to try to look up articles, but honestly, I'd rather just watch videos than than well, uh, read articles <laughs> well, no, more entertaining yo well they're not only entertaining but like you kind of i don't know how many times like for me sometimes i'll read an article and i'll try to play it out in my head and then i'll try to sit down and do something but you know at least watching it on youtube i get to see what they messed up on and hopefully not make that same mistake you know right yeah exactly but uh yeah going down the hole of of youtube a uh, couple things that I wanted to share that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, speaking of articles, there's a few articles running around there where they did some studies on, on whisker biscuits and, and dropaways. Okay. And what I found really interesting because I've been stressing about that, wondering if I could get more performance out of a drop away or stick with my whisker biscuit. Yeah. And, um, there's, there's actually some pretty serious dudes that have, that have hunted with bow forever and ever that shoot a whisker biscuit. And then there's the other guys that shoot dropaways. And there's an article out there that, uh, they kept referencing and I was gonna, I was gonna try to link to it. Maybe, maybe before I drop this, I'll try to find that article and then at least link it in the, in the description. Um, uh, uh, but anyways, the point is, is, is I guess there was a study done on dropaways and whisker biscuits and the, there was not 
that much of a difference as far as accuracy. Maybe a slight difference, it sounded like, whenever okay. it came to Whisker Biscuit and Drop Away. But doing more research, I um, I also kind of found benefits for the Whisker Biscuit and benefits for the for the Drop Away. Uh, some of the the benefits for the whisker biscuit is obviously you set your arrow in there and it stays in there for the most part, right? It, I mean, it's kind of right. hard to pop back out, and so that's kind and of a benefit. What's that? And not and not so many moving parts, and not like so many one piece. Yeah, it, it's it's really easy. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of like that. And uh, well, on a personal level, before I go any further, you know what? I'll probably, or obviously I'm trying the whisker biscuit right now in the future. I, I want to at least try a drop away, just see what it feels like, looks like, you know, see if I like it more. Right. Plus I want to kind of play with my arrows a little bit more too. And I'll explain that here in a second. Um, so the whisker brisket and the drop away, just shooting a straight arrow arrow. There's not much of an advantage toward either which was which was kind of relieving and interesting at the same time because I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't have to go spend $200 on a drop-away. Right. Uh, some of those drop-away cost more than my bow did, and I don't want to <laughs> spend that kind of money. Uh, right. <laughs> so um, <laughs> my bow is only worth 50 bucks, but my dang uh, drop-away is worth 3000 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of – it could. I think they can get up there and uh, – <laughs> So, so that was kind of relieving, like here, you know, and I heard it uh, multiple times whenever I was going down the rabbit hole of YouTube, I heard it from a couple different, you know, they, they'd always reference this study. And like I said, I didn't, I partially, I didn't have time. Partially, I didn't really look that hard to find the study, but um, they kept referencing this study that was done that there was not much of a difference between whisk, whisker biscuits and, and, uh, and drop away. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, anyway, so moving forward, uh, the whisker biscuit kind of has its advantages. Like I said, the arrows don't pop out, but the, the drop aways, uh, or, okay. And then a disadvantage to a whisker biscuit though, is if you have a helical on your fletchings where they kind of like curved for more, more dramatic spin, Okay. Uh, you can't really do that through a whisker biscuit. It'll tear the, it'll tear those fletchings up after so many shots. And, and honestly, I don't even think you'll get the true flight that you were that a person's looking for through a whisker Hoping biscuit. For. Yeah. Um, and then, so on a drop away, obviously the benefit is, is less friction, right? Like that's kind of the goal, less friction through the, uh, through the arrow, but right the disadvantage is sometimes there's nothing holding that arrow. So, which I think it would kind of kind of be a little bit of a tuning problem more than anything. Cause I don't think it's that big of a problem, but your arrow as it's coming out and there's nothing, there's nothing kind of holding it in place for that split second. It could veer left or right because, you know, cause there's just nothing holding it except the string pushing it. And so, that's kind of a disadvantage, but I don't think that's quite, I don't think that's quite that common and it might be a tuning issue with your bow if that's happening with your arrow. So it is what it is, but the, but also the advantage to a drop away is there's less friction. And also this is another part that I was kind of getting, uh, 
this is where I'm excited to try some drop away stuff is uh, putting a helical on my, on my arrows where they, where they're, they're kind of help that spin with your arrow and make a tighter, a tighter spin to help them spin into the target. And, and I imagine it, even that spin getting a more, more uh, dramatic spin off of your arrow, whenever it goes into an animal with your broad broadhead, um, it'll help kind of tear things up even more, right? Help make, create well, a I think hole. on top of that too, is, you know, you think about it, like the, the faster the riflings are in a, uh, in a, in a rifle, the tighter that, that bullet spins going down the barrel, the more accurate it is further down the down the lane down range so think, yeah you know, like you know the faster you can get that arrow to spin and you can get it to spin tightly and correctly you know like you're going to be able to maybe carry more speed and, and even maybe be a little bit more accurate too yeah yeah and and i i agree 100 percent. and it, it'd be kind of cool uh you know to kind of have that whole setup the other thing is too is uh doing your own fletchings on your arrows. Uh I went down that rabbit hole with that too, you know, watching all these <laughs> videos where um and the, there's uh I wish I would remember the name of the um of the tool that they use to uh do it, but it's like real easy. There's basically three you set your arrow in it and there's three prongs that you you glue your flet your fletchings on or you put some glue on your fletchings and there's these three prongs that you, that you fold up and put a cap on to kind of tighten it up to your arrow. And you basically let it set for a minute, you know, to set to, for the glue to set and you're done with an arrow that quick. Um, it was pretty, I, and I can't remember the name of the, the, uh, whatever you call it. I can't remember the name of it, but it, it was, it was pretty cool. A little deal. It looked pretty, pretty, pretty sharp i've been really getting into the more technical stuff and like how to how to tune your bow i'm a little nervous of all that true full transparency i'm a little nervous to do all of it but i also figure if i'm out in the woods and something goes wrong i'm gonna need to know something right so so i've been trying to learn that plus i I just want to i mean i'll go to somebody that's been doing it for years to like pick up little tricks or whatever whenever i can but at the same time, I want to learn it myself just because at the end of the day, it's a little bit cheaper. It's a little bit faster, right? If like right now, if I want to go get my arrows cut and everything, I got to make a trip down to Cabela's and or wherever, you know, I've been going okay. to Cabela's lately, but, you know, take a trip down there. And then if there's people in front of me, I got to wait for them. And, you know, it's a, it's a whole process, but if I kind of, slowly pick up the equipment and and kind of start getting the stuff for myself you know i'll be able to kind of do all that stuff and lickety split so um right so yeah it's been i've I've just been kind of nerding out you know just really watching all those kind of videos on on doing bows but i really thought that was cool about the about the difference between dropaways and and uh whisker biscuits and the differences you know because somebody that you know i've talked to a lot of people that kind of have both and you talk to somebody that has a drop away and they they laugh at your whisker biscuit you know and there's people that have whisker biscuits that for sure yeah 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 and 
So, um, you know, I kind of, I went down the rabbit hole and there was a lot of guys that are serious bow hunters. They have, they have the best bows that the market has to offer. And, and, uh, you know, the best sites, the best, uh, what else is there on a bow? The best string, the best everything on a bow, but then they're shooting it out with a whisker biscuit, you know? So it's, it's, um, well, I think like the, one of the things like what you're doing, you know, is wise is, you know, trying to gather as much information as you can and then finding what you want and then understanding why you want it. You know, like it, like you said, like, it doesn't seem like there's all that much difference between a whisk, whisker biscuit and a drop away, but you know, there is some advantages to, to one and to the other. Are you okay with the disadvantages of the one, you know, like, Maybe you're not, maybe you are, but at least, you know, it's not like, oh, this is what my, I just went down to the store because a uh, good old uh, archery Bob said that I should put this on my bow, you know? Right. Yeah. Figuring it out for myself. And, and it, and it kind of, it kind of brought a little bit of uh, uh, ease to myself for that reason too, because I, I was thinking the same thing. Cause I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not a real hunter if I don't have a drop away by hunt right. season, you know? So, but then after kind of doing that research, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, like, I mean, would a drop away be better in some cases? Maybe, but you know, in other cases, the whisker biscuit will be just fine. So, uh, you know, this year I'll probably just use the whisker. I might update my whisker biscuit to that. Uh, I, I don't know that three, that three prong, yeah whisker biscuit or it's kind of like a whisker biscuit but i i really like the idea of that because i feel like there's it's possible that it won't hit the fletchings on the way out right i can't remember i need to get better about my research and or write down the names of this so i don't i'm not always saying i can't remember but uh anybody that knows anything about bows probably know what i'm talking about or have an idea at least but right so yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. And, uh, one thing I did do this weekend is I turned up my, I turned up my bow. Cause whenever I started out and I mean, for me, I know a lot of dudes won't do this, but for me, I'm kind of glad I did for, for certain reasons, kind of the learning curve of shooting my bow. But when I first got my, my bow, I, I had them. I had them set my poundage to around 54 pounds and I've been yeah. shooting that way for a while. Uh, this weekend I went ahead and maxed it out and I like it. I, I, you know, it works for me. I, I have plenty of strength to pull it back. Like that's not the problem at all, but I just wanted to get over that learning curve. Uh, I will say at 68 pounds, it's a little hard to admit sort of because of my ego, but I could see where instead of doing 50 arrows, I'm probably maxed out at like 20, 25, you know, with, right. with the poundage turned up, you know, get, get a little tired around that much. Um, but with practice and time behind the bow, I probably could get back up to 50 with no problem. Just building that, that bow muscle. Right. Um, but yeah, I turned it up and, and I, and like I said, for me, I like it, you know, it was, it, it seemed fine for me. And, um, and yeah, as time goes on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just learning little things, but, but I'm getting so obsessed with this stuff. And I just thought it would be kind of cool to, 
go down that rabbit hole with everybody. You know, I, I don't know how much people do research or anything, but you know, they might, they, I figured everybody else might kind of feel a little, little relief at the fact of, of a whisker biscuit and a drop away. Uh, maybe in the next podcast, I'll find that article and, and be able to kind of spit more, more uh, definite numbers and stuff. But from what I understand, this study that they did, uh, there was not much of a difference, like maybe, maybe a, an inch difference in your grouping or something like that, but it wasn't, it wasn't real critical. And I don't, I don't know the yardage or anything, but, but um, the other thing that, and I'm sure somebody out there could probably, probably explain the whole thing. But uh, so my bow turning it up to, to uh, 68 pounds, I have a 28 inch draw turning it up to, and, and uh, I think it's 68. I have this, uh, (laughs) people are going to laugh, but you know, I I had to work with what I, what I had. I have this, like what they call like this, this luggage scale that I bought for like five bucks or something at like, I don't even know where I bought it, but it, I saw it and I was like, Oh, that'd be Well, actually I bought it because I had the idea to make a YouTube video about my pack and see how much my pack weighed. So that's why I bought it. But I'm sitting there trying to figure out my, my poundage on my, on my bow. And I have the diamond edge, uh, MV pro bow. And at 28 inch draw, I can get a max of about 68 pounds. And that's what my, and that's what that luggage scale said. I, I just hooked it, hooked my, hooked it through the D ring and pulled it back. And, and yeah. uh, it had, anyways, so that's what it said. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm maxed out. And, and I definitely maxed out and I'm like, okay, I'm about 68 pounds. So I'm not quite 70, but anyways, uh, one part that I was trying to figure out if I have a 68 pound bow, and another guy on the side of me has a 68 pound bow. Essentially, he could get 330 feet per second, but my bow maxes out like 397 or 297, 298 feet per second. I'm kind of throwing numbers out there, but I'm like, how does that work? How does that work if, if, if it, does he have a longer draw? Uh, well, I I want to say because some some of these bow manufacturers are saying like, um, you know, three hundred and forty feet per second at a thirty inch draw. So, but my bow, or go ahead. The way I understand it is that you said you know like you said a thirty inch draw. So, and you're saying you have a twenty nine inch draw. 28 28 inch draw so if i understand correctly so the longer the arrow so that here's your rest and then your arrow you know my pin represents the arrow finger represents the the rest and the longer the arrow kind of stays on the shaft the it and before it releases from the string, it's building that much more energy. Well, I, I understand that, but manufacturers, 
Um, what, 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 what my point is, is like you get a Hoyt bow, right? And they say uh-huh. 30 inch draw, 360 feet per second. I'm totally making up those numbers because somebody will probably say, oh, that's not what they say. They say 380. But my point is, though, is, is Hoyt will say 30 inch draw, 360 feet per second. But then like the Diamond Edge Pro will say 30 inch draw, 330 feet per second. So my question is, is if they're the same draw, the same poundage, how are they different feet per seconds? Maybe it has something to do. Go ahead. Maybe it has something to do with the cams. That kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. I I was gonna I was gonna try to look that up and and uh, bring it up later. I I wasn't even gonna bring it up tonight, but then I just I'm kind of in the flow, so I decided to. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just kind of one of those questions. I'm like, ah, but that that makes sense though. It could be in the cams for sure. Yeah, the more expensive cams, the more more force it pushes. But I was just thinking of the. I'm like, you know, same same draw length and same poundage. How could it? But that makes sense. Right. right. But there's so many levels to this game. So <laughs> I got, you know, like I said, I got the, the Diamond Edge MV Pro. Or is it Diamond MV Edge Pro? Anyways, whatever it is, I got that. And I mean, the, your string, your string, there, there's there's better string out there. I'm like really the string is different, you know? So, I mean, there's just levels to this game and I'm going to, right. I'm going to go broke. Probably, you know, <laughs> I'm going to, my wife's going to be like, how come we can't pay the mortgage this month? We're getting kicked out of our house. I'll be, yeah, but look at my bow. <laughs> right. <laughs> at least we got our bow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. I, but, but I'm loving it. I'm. I mean, I don't know. I'm just. I, I've said it before. I just kind of kick myself in the butt for not getting into it sooner. Yeah, it's definitely like there's a lot to it that you don't realize it. But you know, like there's a. But you can keep it very basic and very simple too. That which you know, whichever way you want to go about it, you can. You can go about it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm with I'm I'm with that uh, that mentality too. Like simpler. Keep it simple because there's something to be said. You kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, you don't want to go out there and have a drop away that uh, fails on you, especially during a shot. Right. When it's crunch time and it's a trophy bowl. I mean, you don't, you know, so simpler may be better in that case. Right. There's also, there's two different drop away and, there's like a a cam drop away. Is it? A, it's either a, a cam drop away or a or a leaf drop away. Then there's a string drop away. So like mm-hmm. one connects to your your string when you pull it back. Yeah. And then the other one connects to your cam string. And from what I understand, I think it's your cam string. I could be getting that wrong. Again, I should have probably uh, before I brought this up did a little more research, but. Uh, they they were saying that there was a difference between the two because the one that uh, that's on your string um, 
not that it happens often, but it could uh, fail on you because your string could do something different that it's not supposed to do. Like there's more, there's more give and play and pulling your string back than hooking it up to your cam string. Uh, Cause that's more that, 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 that has a little more consistency to it to where it has less chance of a failure. Gotcha. I don't know. It kind of made sense when I was watching it, but I didn't really retain everything the way I should have. So, um, yeah, but it was interesting though. So if I do get a, if I do get a um, drop away, I'll probably try to get that cam one. But they have they had one. Uh, I was looking up one. It was uh, True Glow, and it was like fifty bucks online. It was like one of the cheaper ones I could find. I did. I watched some reviews on it, and it seemed like it did all right. The only downfall, and I've had a little bit of issue with it already, is it was made out of it was all plastic. There wasn't, it wasn't uh, made out of metal at all. And not saying that that's a bad thing, but with my site, the site that came on my bow, I already replaced my site because that thing was plastic and it, it was a cheap site and it didn't last long. So, um, so I was kind of weary about that. I'm like, I would like to get it just cause it's cheap and, you know, kind of get used to the drop away idea. But out there hunting, I'd be a little bit nervous for the fact of of it breaking, busting on me. Right. I don't need it to. Yeah. So. So, anyways, yeah, that's. I think that's kind of all I have for the bow situation. Cool. Well, that seems like you've you know, like I said earlier, going down a rabbit hole and getting some understanding for yourself, which is, I you know it's going to make you that much of a better hunter too because of understanding your gear, you know which is a good thing. So yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, I guess with that, I'll dive into my Saturday, um, scouting excapade. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I I haven't even heard this. So I'm kind of excited. Yeah. I've been, I've been saving it. (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh, I took off Friday after work and just went up Saturday to do a quick scouting. Um, or Friday night and Saturday. And uh, so I remember remember last week I told you we went for that, that drive and we saw some elk. And well, I went down, went down the ridge, kind of where the elk were. There's a road. Of course, there's a road. But I went down there a ways. And, and uh, as I was going down there, I came across a puddle and there inside the the puddle there was some elk tracks in it and I got a little excited and I kept going a little further and finally I got to a spot and I was like okay I think this looks pretty good it has some has some good things about it that I like so I hopped out of the truck um went did a little went went hiking down or well, took off hiking and uh <laughs> went went crested over the edge and kind of as soon as I did I caught a whiff of elk like I can just smell elk and I, and, uh, I'm like, okay. I saw a lot of old sign too. And, uh, so I was like, well, they're, they've been in here. That was actually, I think a lot of old sign. I thought maybe it was sheep or something, but, uh, but I, the, I, the wind was blowing in my, in my face. So I was like, well, you know, if the wind's in my favor, I'll just keep walking into the wind. And, uh, and I didn't, 
it's not like I smelt them the whole time I was walking, but I, I caught a pretty good whiff. So I was like, I'll just go in that direction. Cause that's more or less the direction that, that the smell came from. And, uh, I get going, went, went going, got going a little bit and I stopped for some reason. And, uh, and I think I was checking out a spot to see if I liked where I was. I was just going to sit down in glass, but as I was doing so, I heard an elk bugle and I don't know that I didn't know that they'd bugle like this early. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm hearing things, you know, because I was like, it's, we're, we're months away from the rut. And then I hear one bugle. Then I heard a totally different bugle. Like, and then I heard, there's another one that sounded like, I think it was a spike elk, but it was, it sounded like a cow mew, but just really drawn out. And, uh, th- there was one that was really had a, a guttural sound to it. And so I was like, man, someone down here just like playing with me, you know, and I'll send her listening to them. And, I, and then I can start hearing the cows mewing, you know, like doing their little talking back and forth. And I was like, man, they're close. I almost was like, well, I got the wind in my favor. Just keep pushing. But I was like, no, you know, I'm just here to scout. I don't want to push him out of the area just yet. You know, like I don't want to have him take off. So I just parked it. I just sat down and I could, I could watch the hillside away from me. And I just sat there and I can hear the cows talking and hear the two or three different, I think there was three different bulls bugling with one of them being the spike. And, uh, I just sat there. I can hear them like get further away from me. And as they were doing that, I was watching across from me and there's, I watched two, two, two cows. I think it was two cows, but two elk, they, they were kind of feeding on the hillside and they fed down and away. And I caught two or three other elk out to my left on the hillside and on the same ridge as me, but a different finger ridge. There was an, there was a cow and two calves with an, I guess there was two cows and then two calves, but the one cow had two calves, I think, because they wandered off and this other cow just kept kind of wandering around in this meadow all by herself. And I, I never saw those calves again, but the whole time I'm hearing elk bugles and cow mews and, and, and I was like, man, someone's in here playing with me. And, uh, but they, I was the only truck in there when I parked, um, there were some four wheelers that passed me, but, you know, they, they passed me. It wasn't, they were, these elk were behind where I parked. So it wasn't like these people passed me on the four wheeler, jumped off and then ran behind me and started, you know, calling. <laughs> so like, it has to be elk. Like I just, blew, I, I'm sure it happened, but I'd never heard it in, in July, you know, that odd. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of it either. I mean, most people assume that they don't start till September, even sometimes mid-September. Right. And so I, I, wonder- I did. Go ahead. I did get it on my recorded. Like I do have, re- you can faintly hear it, but I do have video recording of audio of hearing the elk bugle. So really, yeah. You should uh, figure out a way to stitch that into the end of this this uh podcast and just so people can kind of at the end just watch it yeah or or just or make a quick uh maybe we could do a short on youtube and be you know yeah uh, the the like the youtube shorts or do both i don't know it's up to you (laughs) I'll, i'll give you i'll give you creative 
uh, I'll give you creative uh, power. Thanks, boss. Appreciate yeah, it. No problem. <laughs> Just don't crack the whip on me, kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, whatever, whatever one though, we should we should do it. Yeah, but like I said, that was just odd. You know, like it was it was cool because I got to sit there and watch these elk across the way and sit there and listen to them bugle and the cows mew, you know, like that was it was kind of fun. And I had a little little spike buck that was down in front of me. He was feeding around in front of me, didn't know I was there until I got up to leave. He was oh, fun really? to watch. Yeah, his spikes were about, you know, the maybe the size of my pinky or smaller. Oh wow. Little velvet, little velvet nubs. <laughs> wow, that's awesome, man! So, it's not, it's not, yeah, you got into all kinds of activity. Yeah, Friday was really good, and then that was kind of an afterthought. Like I wasn't going to head down that way. I was wanting to scout the other area where I've been hunting, and so you know, like, I'm not wanting. To, I wanted to kind of maybe stay there and and get up Saturday morning, but I didn't want to push the elk. You know, like I if they're in there kind of want to let, let them hopefully stay in there long as possible. So I got up Friday or Saturday morning and, uh, did, did a big eight mile loop and, uh, hiked down into the bottom of one of the canyons I've been hunting, looking for water. And, uh, one of the things that I picked up on and I, I, I think I've always picked up on, but I just, I'm starting to, clue into a little bit more was I saw more trail activity or more elk activity or, or, or elk passing through in the timber than in the quakies. Mm. You know, I hiking through the quakies, I, I could cut a good trail in it, you know, like in, a good trail would go for a little bit, but it would always peter out at some point, but I get into the timber and there would be like, you know, multiple good trails going through the timber and some good bedding areas where I can see where they bedded down a handful, you know, like maybe not today, but over the years they've, they use that switch. You know, I was like, well, I got to remember that, that like, you know, yeah, the quakies offer a lot of um, <clears throat> cover, but they're not really in there as much as they are as big timber. It's kind of interesting you say that though, because I feel like we kind of experienced that on a smaller scale when you came up with us. I mean, the only elk that we ran across was in the dark timber for the most part. Right. And all the tracks that we saw with the fresh snow. Yeah. That was, and actually, that was kind of amazing, all the tracks that we saw. Correct. For like, and we knew like it was just a 24 hour, or it was only like eight hours snow. And there was tracks going everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. Kind of got me thinking. And then, you know, like, so I hiked, was looking for water and uh, I hiked the creek bottoms a handful for down a little ways. And I maybe cut one elk track, I think, the whole time I did that. And like, I didn't see, I thought for sure I'd be seeing elk tracks in there or in some of the trails crossings but there wasn't anything in there hiked up to the one of the the ridges found some water and walked around like a like a little spring and that was puddled a pond not really it wasn't a pond but it was bigger than a puddle and uh i walked my 
walked around that and I maybe saw, I think I saw, I want to say it was a moose track, not even an elk track, but mm. you know, and it was, I thought for sure I'd see, you know, some, some elk tracks in it, but I didn't see any elk tracks in it, which was kind of interesting. I thought, but, but did a big eight mile loop and saw more tracks on the road than I, then when I was, hiking back to the truck there was another puddle and there was more elk tracks in it so i saw more elk tracks in on the road than i did in the woods <laughs> oh wow well maybe that that's that's good for the road hunters right exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh but that was my my friday and saturday and i came home saturday evening and and just hung out the rest of the weekend with the wife that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds exciting. I'm really curious. I kind of want to see if we can look up some articles or something about bugles in the midsummer and what, what that's all about. Right. Like I just, I just, I couldn't, I didn't believe it. I was like, no one's going to believe me. And then I was like, I just got my phone, you know, to be able to, to pull a recording. And it's not like I'm out there with the mic, you know, like, Hey, <laughs> bugle in here <laughs> no one's gonna believe me it's july and, you're, and i got three different bugles going on yeah oh man that's really weird I, i'm really curious if there's a rhyme or reason for it right and they were and like you know and they were active about it it wasn't like i heard one and then it was quiet for like 10 minutes well that there was quiet for 10 minutes you know at, at times but at other times, it, you know, they would sound off, you know, two or three at a time, and then they'd be active for a little bit, and then they'd go back to being quiet. But it was interesting. Were, were, did, did they sound different than, than, like, what you'd expect in the middle of the rut, or was it just like a regular old elk bugle? Yeah, like there was one that had, you know, like a big ramp up, and it had a little bit of a – of a guttural to it you know like a little little rough on the end of it and, mm -hmm. and like i said that that spike one it'd sound like a cow getting ready to to bugle but didn't have anything on the end of it mm. nah that's interesting yeah yeah i, I i'm really i i want to see I wa i'm gonna yeah i, I want to do some research and see if what they say about that what what it means what it comes down to right and like yeah yeah so and it wasn't like i i know i keep probably keep saying it, it wasn't i just heard one i heard two or three or i heard you know three at, at at the most bugling multiple times too yeah right yeah that's interesting hmm that's exciting yeah. though. Well, that, that's the fun thing. Well, before, but yeah, before we get off here or whatever, um, <laughs> I just think that like that, that's what I love about going out. You, you just never know what you're going to come across. I mean, sometimes you come across nothing. Sometimes you come across activity like that, that totally right. surprises you. It's just, yeah. I well, it blew me away. I was like, no, I didn't hear it. I'm yeah. hearing that. Yeah. That dang bird, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. But but yeah, it was it was exciting. I I'm glad I 
I just hope that, you know, I'll probably go back and scout that area again. I just hope no one else gets in there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Blows it up. Right. Yeah, that's – I mean, at least you kind of got an idea where they're at. Right. You planning on getting scouting over there a few more times before you – Yeah, I'm hoping I can get over there once, maybe twice more. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be exciting. Yeah. It would it will be. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be nice. It will be nice. It'll be fun. Yeah, we're both and, getting yeah. We're both getting our elks this year. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think anything at like on Saturday. Like, you know, like a couple of the creeks were, were running a little low, I think. And I, and, uh, and I remember two years ago when I was in that same area listening to, I didn't drop all the way to the creek, but I could hear it, you know, like rumbling, rushing pretty good Mm -hmm. during the hunt. And now in July, I was like right on it and I could barely hear it trick. Like it was, there was good water going through it, but it was, you could hear it like, you know, the bab the babbling brook. It wasn't a you know like a big roar going down through there. So right. so there definitely is less water, but I was still kind of surprised with how green it is still. But well that's a good thing though. Yeah. You've been, you been getting a little more rain over there in Utah or well I uh when I left after work Friday I drove through some rain. And when I got up there on the spot, um, like I said, that I had tracks and puddles, so I know it rained up there at some point. I just don't know when. Mm. Yeah, last last week we got hit with a few uh, rain showers here and there, but they're they're pretty good size rain showers, wetting the wetting everything up a little bit, which is what we need. I hope we get a yeah. few more. Right. So. Well, is that all you got? Yeah, that's all I got. Sweet. Well, I'll get us out of here, I think. Okay. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for listening, giving us uh giving us another shot, another for another week. Uh appreciate you guys' support. Thanks for the interaction on YouTube and and uh, on the podcast platform. It's you know, we're having fun doing the thing. So uh, thank you guys for everything. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're hearing this for the first time. Uh, if you're already subscribed, just make sure you hit like. It helps our algorithm out, helps us out. So with that said, thanks for listening to The Struggling Hunters, and we'll see you next week. Later, guys. Later. Later.